So the what we're going to continue with is we were talking about the role of Avodah. So we said that initially Avodah was the service and that service was comprised of the actual temple service, right? I want to speak out again because we've spoken out in the past, but I think it's important to, to reemphasize this point. It, it can be difficult for us to really recognize what it was like to be in the temple at the time that an offering was happening. It seems like a, a somewhat of a coarse or almost a gross action is almost there was it was a butcher house right you were literally slaughtering an animal and chopping it up into different pieces but yet what we are told is that there is the feeling that one had is an, an incredibly elevated feeling and the reason why that is so is because there were many miraculous events taking place in the temple on a regular basis and because of those miraculous events which we've discussed some of them in the past and I just did a, another, another one in the Talmud talking about some of the miraculous events taking place that when they would come to be Ola Regal, when the Jews would come up on the holidays to bring offerings, they would, they would see things that would put them in a certain mindset and help them recognize the nature of the relationship between God and the Jewish people. And it was a, a moment of incredible elevation. And instead of it being a moment of, gee, it stinks in here, they're slaughtering animals left and right. It was actually a place where it smelled great. It was actually a place where there were no flies, right? Even though it was a place that there were slaughtering animals. So it, it transcended the mundane. It took animals being slaughtered and turned it into an incredibly elevated process, an elevating process. That's something that we're missing today. And that's actually the primary thing that we're missing today in the land of Israel. And that's still why we mourn on Tisha B'Av, right? We don't mourn because the Jews, the Jews are back in Israel, right? We, we don't have quite as much sovereignty as we would like, but we have a lot of sovereignty, you know, more than we've had in, in over, well over 2000 years, right? Because in the entire second temple period, we were always underneath other people's uh, rulership. However, what we don't have is a temple that is still missing. What replaces the temple and not quite in the same level as the temple itself, not quite in the same level as the actual service is Tfilah is Avodah Shebelev, the service of the heart. Now what we're going to talk about is the different aspects, different elements of Kriya, of Tfilah that it consists of. Okay. So on page 190, its components are Tfilah, are Tihilot, words of praise that express the perception of God as revealed in nature, in the world of man, and in Israel. So we have Tihilot, which as we read is words of praise. Then we have tefillot, devotional prayers that lead us in relation to these concepts to elevate our own selves and our task. Then we have bakashot and todot, words of supplication and thanks, acknowledgement that the entire future lies in God's hand, had, as did the past, and a vowel of where we have failed so far in our life. And then we have last, we have chinot, humble appeals, expressing our effort to rise above our failures. So these four components of tefillah are supposed to encompass a completely different relationship with Hashem and are supposed to help us transcend life and elevate ourselves and elevate our perception of reality and our perception of the nature of the relationship between us and God to a completely different level. And in order to attain all these, kriyat Torah, reading of the Torah, the source of all concepts about life, and all of its wisdom. So when we think about prayer, right? So remember, we already established that prayer is not meant to be translated. The word prayer does not at all accurately represent what tefillah is. Prayer comes from the Latin to beg. That is not what we are doing, right? We are actually coming to incorporate and to 
incorporate a relationship with God into ourselves and to make it part of who we truly are. The way that we do this is through words of praise. The more that we can praise God about how it's, he is manifested in the world, the more that we praise him, the more that it becomes real to us that this is an action of God. The reason why X, Y, and Z happened is because of God. On Shabbat, I actually had two college kids over uh, for Kiddush Shabbat morning. One was a, um, he's getting a PhD in evolutionary biology in Berkeley. And the other is a undergrad, but also she's also getting a degree in, um, I want to say, uh, not sure, well, biology also though, right? And that's why they're both on campus right now because typically the, the campus is closed, but they're both in labs. And neither of them are religious, by the way. And I asked them, I said, I said, let me ask you something like based on the, the, the miraculous and, and marvelous workings of the body and in the intricate things that happen and the different processes that exist, you know, I was talking about the immune system, right? I said, is, is it at times difficult to maintain a completely atheist viewpoint? Now, these, these two kids are obviously here because they're questioning and they're not at all atheist at this point, but we know that most scientists are, right? And they both, they both said, and obviously this is coming from people who are kind of have bridged that gap already, but they both said that it is difficult working in the lab and seeing all, all of the, the workings of nature. It can be difficult at times to try to understand even how someone could, could uh, maintain an atheist viewpoint, right? So when we give our tihilot to Hashem, our praises to Hashem, what is often the focus of those praises is by, by praising Hashem for the miraculous world that he has created. And that often is the way that we can recognize Hashem's presence in the world is by looking at the world that he has created. The tefillot are prayers, remember. So Rev Hirsch has explained that tefillah comes from the word to judge oneself. So what it means is to judge oneself, are you meeting the task that you have set for yourself? Are you meeting the goal that the purpose of life really is for? So these tefillot are supposed to after we think and consider about the role of Hashem in this world, through these tefillot, we then evaluate our own selves and our task. Where are we up to? Where have we been failing? Where are we succeeding? Then we have our bakashot and todot. So this is a very important thing. Bakashot are questions, are askings, asking requests from Hashem. Todot is saying thank you to Hashem. Rav Hirsch explains, when we ask Hashem for something, we are not asking Hashem because if we don't ask him, he won't give it to us if we deserve it, right? Or if we, and, and now that we did ask him, now he's going to give us what we asked for. The truth of the matter is that when we ask Hashem for something in our prayer, what we are really trying to do is we're trying to bring home the reality that everything comes from God. So if I say to Hashem, Hashem, please give me, you know, X, Y, and Z. Please give me a raise. Please give me good health. Whatever it is that one is asking for. To the extent that they can truly believe that it is dependent on Hashem, to that extent, they are able to transcend the nature of this world. And they are able to achieve an existence where Hashem can intervene to allow them to transcend the nature of this world. So when we ask Hashem for something, it's not that Hashem is like, oh, you wanted a raise? Okay, I'll give you a raise. That's not the idea of it. The idea is not that we're asking Hashem for something and therefore he gives us something. The idea is we're really trying to remind ourselves and to make it real that it is dependent on Hashem for us to get the goals that we need in life, right? It's a little bit of a nuanced point, but it, it, it's, we're trying to express, it's not the request 
I'm going to ask and then Hashem will give. It's because through my asking, I'm really bringing home the point to myself. And then through that, then I will merit that Hashem can treat me in, in a more elevated way. Someone was, in terms of Parnassah, someone told me an interesting story on Shabbos, how at one point in his life, he was um, doing house calls to a, an elderly woman. And um, this elderly woman, he wasn't charging her that much, even though he was doing house calls to her. And uh, some people in the office might have been complaining that he should be charging her on, on a, a higher level because if you're, if you're doing house calls, you charge more than you do for regular office visits as a doctor. And, uh, and not only that, but he was doing these house calls and not charging anymore and, and hanging out with her for a while. And people were complaining that it's, it's, a, it's a waste of, of time and a waste of money, of money that he could be making. And then he said that uh, you know, at some point afterwards, this woman passed away and she actually recognized him in her will for everything that he had done for her, which really ultimately wasn't that much. It was the going to be a listening ear and to go visit her in her house and, and, and just be there for her. So the, the point that I'm trying to bring out from the story is, is that in life, we often think like, if I do X, Y, and Z, then that's where the money's going to come from. But the reality is you do the right thing and you get what you need. So when we ask Hashem for something, if we can achieve this realization that whatever we need can come from Hashem, then that could come from Hashem. It doesn't have to come from Hashem. It's not that Hashem will give it to you just because you asked, but at least then it's possible to have this recognition. So then we give our thanks to Hashem, and then we finish with the tchinot, which are humble appeals, the idea of saying, we are doing our best to try to rise above everything that we've done in the past that we have not achieved what we would like to have achieved, right? And then we, we, we tell Hashem, listen, we're gonna try to do better next time. Because without that, at least uh, recognition, and acceptance and commitment to try to do better the next time, then there's no hope. So part of our prayer is supposed to express our desire, our commitment to change who we are as people as well.